0: Faithfulness is about an agreement. So, in terms of marriage, one can be faithful and not loyal. One can be loyal and not faithful. You are faithful because of uh, the marriage agreement. You are loyal because you choose that as your friend. The thing is, It's very easy to diagnose unfaithfulness, it's very hard to diagnose, uh, what's the word? Opposite of loyalty. Lack of loyalty. Yeah, let me go with that one. Because, when it comes to faithfulness, you can say you broke this part of agreement. When it comes to loyalty, you choose. And so you will find um, most people will have very clear arguments about faithfulness. Because you know where you went wrong. But loyalty, you don't know. You don't even know where to start. You just know this person is not on my side. I think that's the point, being on my side. Because you will find either they will choose their friends, they will choose their job, they will choose their habit, they will choose their family, they will choose something over you. And so loyalty is about being on my side at all costs, at all times, uh, no matter what. I don't know if that helps. Loyalty and faithfulness. You can be faithful to a contract with someone you don't care about. Because it's an agreement. But loyalty is a choice. There's no agreement. you're just there because you choose to. And so the Bible talks about Jonathan and David and their hearts were tied, were knit together and they were loyal to each other even unto death. Jonathan chose... David over his father and that's what killed was killing Saul, that he chose David over his family the daughter of Saul also chose David over the father when she chose to hide David faithfulness we respond to God's word. Heaven speaks, we respond by faith to that word. Loyalty, God responds to our heart. And so there is no word when it comes to loyalty, it is just a certain expectation of a friendship. And so loyalty is tested when God is silent. Faithfulness is tested when there is a word. And so imagine the case of Job. God does not say anything about um, what's going to happen to Job. He does not explain it to Job. But he tells the devil, have you seen my servant and how his heart is perfect towards me or how his heart is loyal towards me. And so Job doesn't have a word that if you do this and endure, you will have this. He simply has to go with the nature and the character of God and the fact that he knows the heart of God. And so at some point he says, even though he slayed me, yet I will praise him. And so his heart is so loyal to God that he is not willing even to curse him and die. Because he knows the heart of God even when he does not have the word of God. Faithfulness is based on a word, loyalty is based on the heart So first chronicles I think first chronicles or second question? That's fine.
1: Mm-hmm, just what you said.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. So it is impossible to please God without faith. Now that's a different there are different types of faith,
0: right? The levels, I guess. Levels. What do you mean, yeah? Because it's
1: response to the word. Does it
0: mean you can respond to God's word without being loyal to him? Yeah. You see, in a marriage, you can't cover everything by the certificate or, or the vows you did on the wedding. You can't say, well, this was not, I didn't say this in the vow. So you can stick with the vow and be very faithful to the vows, but there's a whole part of your relationship that has nothing to do with the vows. And so many times we stick with what did God say. You know, the uh, uh, that question we used to ask, is this, can you go to heaven and still do this? And you do this and still go to heaven. It's like we are looking for the edge of where you don't fall into hell as and you do bare minimum. We like bare minimum obedience and still not go to hell. Because we are so attuned to faithfulness. And so if you are supposed to get in class at 7.20 you get there at 7.20 and no later than that. But the more you know his heart the more you actually come earlier because now it's no longer governed by law or by a word or by an agreement it's governed by
1: relationship.
0: a relationship and so initially galatians says the law led us to christ the law was like the tutor and so we were told don't do this don't do this and so we disciplined ourselves but eventually the faithfulness is supposed to lead to loyalty. The obedience of thou shall not should lead to us where we are in full freedom but we still choose Christ. In fact, we choose to limit ourselves not so we don't go to hell but because the love of God says, has constrained us. It's love now that constrains us. And so there's nothing in the vows that says you shall not choose your work over your wife. But you choose to do that. I mean, that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because and that's why most people when they're divorcing, they say irreconcilable differences. Because they don't have a single thing they can say. They just realize this person is never on my side. It's something I saw. You see, the one outstanding law of relationships is that the other person should never feel alone, especially when you're there. And so, it's when someone feels alone and you are there. Like that. So we grow from faithfulness to loyalty. You don't have to be loyal to someone you're married to. In fact, most of our friendships are not based on faithfulness. They're based on loyalty. And that's why people will say my best friend is my husband. That's different than just my husband or my wife. Because now, this is something you're choosing. That you are my best friend. And so, our friends, we choose them out of loyalty. There's no... There's no written agreement. Yet, if somehow we feel that the relationship is not being... um, What's the word? Reciprocated. We feel hurt more than even if we had a, a written agreement because it's an unwritten rule that my heart is loyal to you and so I don't even need to know which, where the parameters or the boundaries of these relationships are because I have fully given my heart to you there are, there are no expectations yet there are our expectations there are no written expectations, and yet the unwritten expectations are stronger than the written ones. Because of what it means that you're my friend. And so... So that explains... That explains... Romans
1: chapter 1 and 2. Chapter 2. Chapter 2? Yeah. What does it say? Where Paul says from 17... Mm. Mm, that though they know God can get the words but their hearts were not tuned to him
0: yeah and they were circumcised in their flesh mm. but they were not circumcised in their heart Because yeah, yeah. yeah. circumcising the heart is a choice the flesh, everybody knows you are not circumcised in the flesh and the law says you have to be circumcised in the flesh but has nothing to do with your heart mm. So second chronicles 16 question comment a It's a good one So you may never marry your best friend. Uh, but yet, the demands are, uh, or expectations are even more stringent. More freedom, more lack of freedom, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Huh? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's more freedom, because I can't sue you. <laughs> but there's a lack of freedom, because I ex- there's things I expect of you. And you better not... <laughs> anyway. Say I'm gonna kill you. You can't kill them, but you would kill them. Second Chronicles sixteen. So this is what happens in uh, in the thirty-sixth year of the reign of Asa. Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and beat Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Now, that is six years. When you realize uh, Asa, in chapter 15, he brings reforms into Israel. In fact, he does such a good job that God fights his battles. He trusts God with everything. Uh, but after 36 years, the Bible says he gets attacked. When he gets attacked, Asa brought silver and gold from the treasury of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver and gold. Come break your treaty with Baasha king of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. So, For 36 years, this guy has trusted God. For 36 years, he has chosen to be with God. And now, he has been attacked. But what he does, he chooses to trust his own mind and his own policy making. And so he makes a treaty with uh, the king of Syria. So Ben Hadad heeded King Asa, sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Ijon, Dan, Ebomaim, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Bash heard it that he stopped building Ram and ceased his work. Then King Asa took all Judah. They carried away the stones and timber of Rama, which Baasha had used for building, and with them he built Geba and Mizpah. And so his plan succeeded. In the eyes of men, this was a really good move. He used his brains, as we would say. 7. And at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria, and have not relied on the Lord your God. Therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Now, God had not said anything about never relying on the king of Syria. He had not said anything on that they have to be He has to be asking God for help. But there were some expectations with the relationship. That the far we have been, I expect you to involve me in the things you are going through. But he says, because you have uh, relied on the king of Syria, or because you have chosen him over me, he has actually escaped from him. The thing is, the king of Syria he went to rely on, he was actually supposed to defeat him. That king, the same he was using for help, he'd actually been given that king as part of his victory. Then God asked this question Were the Ethiopians and the Lobim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, He delivered them into your hand. Now, this verse 9 is an important verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the earth, throughout the whole earth, to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore, from now on you shall have wars. The very thing he was trying to avoid, the very thing he has put himself into. Of course, Isa gets mad because people rely on themselves, that's what they do put him in prison and oppress some people, and eventually the guy dies. So, like I said, faith responds to what God has said. Loyalty, God responds to what earth is doing. And so his eyes are raging, or they are running to and fro. He is waiting to see someone who is loyal to him, that he may respond to the loyalty. So, loyalty comes from earth upward. Faith comes from heaven downward. Because faith is based on the covenant or the word of God, loyalty is based on a heart that has cultivated to the place where I choose God. In this situation, I choose God. And two things that we often choose one is ourselves. I think Jeremiah 17 7 or 7 17 blesses a man who does not place confidence in himself or trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3 5 and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, in all your ways involve him, in all your ways let him know what you're going through. Be loyal to him. And so loyalty has a lot to do with the trust because your relationship has grown to that place. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Then cast is the man who trusts in another man. And many many times I will ask God should I do this, should I talk to this person should I ask for this help and you say you will succeed but you have missed out on an opportunity for you to grow in a relationship with me I know mean, that makes sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can it's not that you will not succeed but there are depths in my work with you, that you will, not ab- you will not be able to access. Because I am in this, to have us grow into friends. And the more you learn to engage me, the more you learn to involve me, the more you grow in your trust with me. The more this relationship widens and deepens. And so the heart, the heart is loyal to him, and the eyes of God are running to and fro, seeing whether we will choose Him. I had, um, I had a, a relationship that was going through some problems. And the issue was not that anybody was faith and faithful. The issue was, one of them. Hello. One of them was drinking. And at some point, we talk about the drinking, 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 and then eventually. The guy says, it's not that I even care about your drinking. It's the fact that you choose drinking over me. I don't have a problem with you drinking. But when I say don't drink, I expect you at least to stop because I said it. If you had stopped, I would have allowed you to go on. I don't know if that makes sense. And so I had to explain to the lady... This is like a field. You know the way we would do those games where you choose someone, choose someone, you choose someone. And so his problem is he feels you don't choose him. And the reason this is this is painful because it is based on your choice. I can't make you choose me, yet I want you to choose me. Uh, I want you to choose me, but I can't tell you to choose me. So, I am paralyzed, because there's no written thing that says you have to choose me. And the guy says, right now I just told you, so it doesn't matter anymore. So, even if you choose me now, I know you're doing it because I said it. So now apply that to God. He can tell us us to choose him. And yet he wants us to choose him. Because if he tells you to choose him, then the whole point is moot. So instead of telling Job, by the way, the devil is gonna try you, choose me. He keeps quiet, hoping. I don't know if he was praying, but, you know,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) hoping that Job actually chooses him. Because the only way to actually prove that this person's heart is loyal to you is when you say nothing and that person still chooses you.
2: It has to come from a friendship or a certain relationship. Yeah. Like um, our relationship with God is what the faithfulness is tied to John 3.16 because that's what he said. Yeah? yeah. So we believe, we choose to be faithful because he said that if we believe in his son then we shall have eternal life. Mm-hmm. So our grounds for having faith is the fact that he said if we believe in Jesus then we have eternal life. Mm-hmm. So in the process of believing in Jesus, from what God is doing in our lives or the participation in our life, mm-hmm. His participation in our life or involvement in our life is what leads us to be loyal.
0: Mm-hmm. Our trusting His nature okay. is based on our understanding His nature. So Jesus, in John 15, he says, abide in me and I will abide in you he begins by saying if you abide in me and my words then he goes a little bit deeper he says if you abide in me and I abide in you so it's no longer my words it's now myself
1: uh-huh.
0: then Daddy? yes uh-huh. come in <laughs> yeah yeah
2: like that mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And so, he goes. Actually, I think I believe three steps down, to the point he says, "My father and I will come and dwell in you, because you, um, because my father, either delights in you, and he has chosen you." John fifteen. It's just. So it talks about, um, you did not choose me, mm-hmm. verse 16, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go be a fruit, and that your fruit should remain. But up there he says, okay. these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full, and that you love one another. Mm-hmm. And so eventually he tells him, No longer do I call you servants in 15. Uh-huh. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. Uh-huh. But I've called uh-huh. you friends. For all the things that I heard from my father uh-huh. I have made known to you. Now, the thing is, uh-huh. when it comes to friendship, uh-huh. it's about revealing and knowing. Hey,
1: uh-huh. how are you? So-
0: It's my Christmas gift. Are you trying to make me sad? Yeah? Mm -hmm. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. So we are no longer now seeking God to hear him give us directions. We are seeking him to be involved in his life and for him to be involved in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I may not really need to tell Pastor City why I'm going for Christmas. It's not like there's an agreement that I have to, but I tell him because he's my friend. So it's those friend updates. I am I'm out of town, I'm doing this, I feel this, whatever. But there's no agreement that if you don't do this, then I can sue you or I can actually claim that. And so Jesus says, because you the servant does not know what his master is doing. But now we are friends. It's no longer about master servant because the servant only needs instructions do this and no more, and the servant only does what he has been told, obeying the instructions. But now the friend knows everything and chooses to do them as he understands the heart of the the master, or the heart of the friend. Mm So um, from up there he says, Abide in me. Um, abide in me. And I am the vine, verse 5, and you are the branches who abide in me, and I am as much fruit For without me. Uh, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered, and they gather them and throw them into fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, You'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. And so, the ability to ask is tied to obedience. The ability to bear fruit is tied to relationship. Answered prayers are based on obedience, being fruitful, being fruitful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If who who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, and so then he says, By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. It's not about the answered prayers, answered prayers bring joy because right there you say, um, this. Eleven, these things are spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, you're my friends, if you do whatever I command you. Um, that your joy, that your joy, that your joy, that your joy mm-hmm. may be full. i I'll find Eleven. It. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things are spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. And so, that the fullness of joy is connected to answered prayers. The fullness of joy is connected to answered prayers. And that is connected to obedience. And that is connected to obedience of the commandment. And so you obey, Mm -hmm. your prayers are answered, and you have joy. But you abide in Him, Mm -hmm. you become a friend, and you bear fruit. And so faithfulness is based on obedience to a command, and that leads to answered prayers, and that leads to joy. But loyalty is based on abiding in Him, which leads to um, bearing fruit and the Father being glorified. So Jesus says, my Father works, and I work too. Because doing his will is my meat. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer what the father has told me to do. Mm -hmm. But I actually choose to give my life for this purpose. Because I see what my father is doing. I only do that. And I only say what I hear my father say. So you can say
2: fruitfulness is linked to loyalty.
0: Yeah, because that's when he shows himself strong. You see, Saul broke both faithfulness and loyalty. But the time he was actually rejected is when he broke faithfulness. The first time, the Bible says Samuel was late to come to a battlefield. And Saul decides to over sacrifice, and at that point, Samuel says, "Your kingdom have been, would have been established forever today, but now it's not. There was now no written thing saying you had to, you could not do this." Mm-hmm. And Saul has a very good reason, according to humans, because that's the problem with loyalty. Everybody will understand apart from God. Or everybody will understand apart from your friend. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. And so, if you decide, I don't need to tell you I'm going for Christmas. And then here you are hitting the roof. Everybody will understand that you have things to do. And sometimes you forget to tell someone, well, I'm going for Christmas. Apart from your friend. They will not take that because they know your relationship was in a different place. So Saul says, I saw the enemy and people were scattering from me. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to do this. And Samuel says, you have done a foolish thing because today your kingdom would have been. And so you would have been established, you would have been fruitful. The next time, God sends him with an instruction, go kill everybody. But he does not kill everybody. And that's where now, uh, actually, Samuel says, the sin of rebellion is worse than the sin of witchcraft. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. And so at that point, he actually reaches out to the garment of Saul, Samuel, and tears, and Samuel tells him, actually, just as you have torn the garment, God has torn your kingdom and given it to someone else. And so it is possible that Saul could still have been restored if he had grown in faithfulness to the given command. But he backslid all the way from loyalty, now back to... And so that's actually one of the saving graces of David. That God could say, this is a man after my own heart. He He is interested, not just in what I'm saying, Is interested in my heart. He is loyal to me. He has done crazy things. He should be dead. But this is a guy who chooses me over and over and over and over again. I think that frustrates friends. Are not easily uh, are not easily seen because only the French know the expectations, and so Jesus wants them to know. I now consider you as my friends. And so, I don't have to tell you where to go and where not to go. I just want you to know that I've released you to wide open places governed only by the law, the, the law of love. You know, friends will say, You don't have to tell me everything you're doing, you don't, but you do. Yeah? Hmm. I'll leave that there. Can I take a Can I Can I
2: God can tarry even in our obedience. Hmm? Yeah? Hmm? Like in fulfilling a promise.
0: In obedience?
2: Mm. Or is it that um, my world, my chaotic world causes him to deliver? Him or what? I don't know.
0: I actually think loyalty is a bigger, the bigger part of it, mm-hmm. and obedience, because we grow in obedience.
2: But out of my faithfulness, he honors my cry or my prayer.
0: Yeah, but for some reason. I feel like the difference between a really good worker, employee, uh-huh. and my friend. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. You are a good employee. You have really done your job. And my friend comes in, both of you at the same time, mm-hmm. wanting the same thing. And I only have one thing. Who will I answer first mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah And so you may not be the perfect employee as yet but I know you are perfect friend But if you if you are a perfect employee and you are not a perfect friend,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then that's a different thing. Perfect a employee, perfect employee a and senior. an imperfect friend. Because perfection in employment, there is something that you are looking for. There is something else that is inspiring you. It's a paycheck to it. Mm-hmm. But when you're a perfect friend. Then, I know you choose me. And so, you are growing in your, being an employee, but at least I know your heart is perfect towards you. In fact, that's a word. And uh, his heart was perfect towards God. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And I think understanding that is when the heart thoroughly trusts God and chooses God over anything else. And so you can find that sometimes God does not use his friends mightily in work. Because they are more perfect friends and perfect workers. And so, John, the beloved, is a good friend of Jesus. But Paul ends up doing more than John the beloved. But when you come to the heart of God, you have to read John. When it comes to the work of God and the machinations of the kingdom, you have to read Paul. But when you look at Paul, mm-hmm. he's really not interested in love. He says, "I'm waiting for a crown." Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are for me a crown. I've run the race. I've fought the fight. I've worked harder than everybody else. They are for me now a crown of life. And John. So Paul's ministry. is based on faithfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was
1: called to do it.
0: Yeah. It's, based, it's a mission. For him, he takes it strictly as a mission. Mm-hmm. And that's why he worked as hard as he did. Yeah. But John is based on... That's why, you know, they say don't mix business with friendship. Mm-hmm. So sometimes even God chooses not to use uh, his friends. Or his friends choose not to be very committed in the, <laughs> in the kingdom because their, their pursuit is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say growing, mm.
1: especially when you talk about spiritual growth, mm.
2: in, in, in real sense you're talking about
0: being, becoming more loyal. God as opposed to really getting to know his heart, yes, yeah, as opposed to being faithful. Yeah, but, but so it doesn't really eliminate yeah. the
1: faithfulness aspect of it.
0: An interesting thing is we started with the faithfulness part where Paul works harder than all other. Mm-hmm. I actually believe you can be both without losing one. The thing is, there are times you're working simply inspired by that word. Not the love. You know, you're going to work, not because you love your boss. You're going to work because there's a check. Mm-hmm. And so, the ability to do those two things, where John says, "Love one another because God is love," then he keeps repeating, "We know this that you know we belong to God because we have love for one another." And he talks about love. He talks about love. And Never once does he say, work hard, you know, so you can receive the reward. Until now, he gets to see Jesus himself. And that's where now the book of Revelation brings a whole different light to this new Christ. Because John knew the beloved of Jesus as Jesus walked on earth. But then he meets this guy who is saying, behold, I'm coming soon with the reward. And so then, are we able to love God and be loyal to Him in private and publicly? We work as if we are employees.
1: No, it's not an issue of striking a balance between the two.
0: Yeah, it's pursuing both. Imagine if you are. Hired by your dad, and you know his inspiration. You know he. You have known his pursuit, and you know what he likes, and you know his struggles, and you know his vision. So, you are doubly inspired. Where well, people would go this far because of paycheck, you go farther. Because you realize, this is actually my business. And I want to make him proud. And so the more we grow in loyalty, the more we should grow in faithfulness. Because someone like David, eventually they had to kick him out of the, the battlefield. And say, you cannot go anymore. Because... He knew God, and he was committed to seeing the kingdom expand. But we must also grow in our relationship with God. And mostly people choose one or the other. I think we talked about uh, Genesis 15 where Abraham is offered goods and he says I will not do this lest you say I made Abraham rich. we will not even take uh, the end of Genesis 14. The end of Genesis 14 the king of Sodom he says to Abraham verse 21, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand. I have raised. Not God instructed me. I have decided to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread or sand or straw that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. So this was not an agreement between him and God. This was a choice he made based on where he was with his relationship with God. Now you realize what God says in 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. After now that, God now responds to this in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, I am your shield, You exceedingly great reward." Remember he said that his eyes, they roam to and fro through the earth looking to respond to one whose heart is loyal. Mm -hmm. And so when Abraham actually shows loyalty, God now responds to that. And actually this verse 15 is when he says, your your son, your son, your seed from your body shall inherit. And says, I am your shield. I am your shield. You exceedingly great reward. Because you have chosen me, I choose you.
1: book in psalm
0: what psalm 78 37. 37 so god responding to Abraham, even though he was quiet while all this was going on mm. because you have chosen me i choose you
1: And second Chronicles was one Hmm?
2: sixteen. Chapter sixteen, right? Well, isn't that what we did? Chapter sixteen. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. One to nine. But nine is there. Yeah. Oh. Oh. bet you there are many times Genesis, that 14, towards the end, and 15 verse 1 has probably happened to us and we just don't realize.
0: Yeah. That's a scary thing. Mm. Cause. You don't even know when God tells the devil we see the situation. His heart is perfect towards him. I
2: think so. Mm-hmm. Time I thought I really like this. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward, Mm -hmm. and um, that Chronicles sixteen nine where like God's eyes are actually searching. So it's like how ten ten John the -hmm. devil is also searching, Mm -hmm. like for whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, God is searching for whose heart is loyal. Yeah. Feel like they, they, they are connected or whatever, work together.
0: Um. Uh, but I also think, like now with this guy, mm-hmm. with King Esau, It happens way down the line. Uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: After this guy had been blessed, thirty-six years down the line, and there were certain expectations in this relationship, Mm -hmm. so I don't think it happens when we are still Mm growing, because he is still teaching us about his heart. But eventually, there will be a time. Because you know, even Abraham, when God asked him for his son, he does not say, "I know that you believe." I now know that you believe me. He says, "I now know that you love me." It was actually not a test of faith. It was a test of love. Okay. Mm-hmm. I now know that you love me. Mm-hmm. And so, even You're Abraham... You know, the inst instance
1: when he was asked for his son. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. When When God says don't kill your son, Mm -hmm. I now know that you love me and you will not even withhold your son from me. So me and you are so tight that you will not even allow your son to come because God had not said, I will save your son. Mm -hmm. Abraham was not going on any word of God that he would save him. But the Bible says Abraham reasoned in himself that God was able to raise him. And so he was not going to disobey an instruction just because he does not understand the outcome. But he, his heart was so loyal to God. Mm. He was willing to obey and let the chiefs fall where they may. Mm. Mm. So he says, I now know that you love me. Mm. And so, I feel it is after walking with God that this can actually be put to the test. Because for God to actually witness about Job, mm. he had walked with him. Mm-hmm. And he says, have you seen Job? So, it may not be that where we are not even learning to believe God mm-hmm. that this comes. But I think God allows us to grow so much in, in uh, understanding His heart. Mm-hmm. If we pursue His heart, to mm-hmm. the point that He can entrust us to actually... Um, because even all friendships... You cannot start testing friendships like when they are growing. At some point, you rest and know that person and know their heart. And so it may not be the first year, the second year, or even the tenth year, but at some point, your kids know their kids, your families know each other, and your heart is safely, um, your heart safely trusts them. And I guess that helps take away the fear that God might test me in our fail.